judge yourself with the information you have today on the things that you've done in the past. Just be grateful for the information you're learning and use that information to show up differently tomorrow. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday. Welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people with one goal in mind to help you grow in your heart and in your mind in some way. Today is episode 100. I'm not going to make a big fuss. There's no episode 100 special. It is the same mission, the same purpose. I'm going to tip my hat to the the 100 as a as a, a mini goal in a way and a small victory for consistency but that's about it. Episode 100 another amazing human being I'm bringing to you today in Dawn Marie Bornheimer. I could list the things that Dawn does but all you need to know is that Dawn is a heart-centered leader and that she is showing up, making a positive difference in the world, leaving people and communities better than they were yesterday. Head to dawninspires.com for more information about what she does, how she does that, and listen to the next half an hour. I hope that our conversation inspires you in some way. These interview sessions are brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. And my last message is if you are not part of the We Are Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community, come and join over 500 like-hearted, like-minded people from all around the world who believe in being better than they were yesterday. That's enough from me. Episode 100 with Dawn Marie Bornheimer. Much love, guys. Dawn, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. So good to have you on. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So thankful to be here. Thank you for having me. Whereabouts in the world are you? Uh, we are currently stationed in Virginia on the east coast of the U.S. Uh, my significant other is a commander in the Coast Guard. And so we move around quite a bit. So this is home for now. Uh, but we're East Coasters for the most part. We live up and down the coast between uh, Washington, D.C., uh, in Florida most of the time. Love that. I'm looking forward to getting to know you a bit better and know a bit more about your story and, and using that to uh, inspire others. So just take us back a little bit. Take us on the journey of, of Dawn and let's understand a little bit about your story. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so many things. I, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I am the middle child and uh, grew up with all of the stereotypical thoughts about what that meant, right? So a lot of people talk about me being, you know, more outspoken, the the one who always like speaks her mind. And um, I also have always had a big heart, right? I've always been able to mm -hmm. empathize with the child that was being bullied or the child that was left out, the child that didn't get picked first for kickball. And I was always protecting and defending those children at a very young age at the time, um, not really realizing why so much as it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, uh, as I grew up, I kind of learned uh, how to channel all of my energy and uh, desire to accomplish great things into sports and uh, using uh, that as my outlet and my ticket to college. Um, 
I went to undergrad at Towson University, I got my master's at Johns Hopkins, um, and I did some work with children uh, that experienced trauma uh, early in my uh, internships of college that uh, moved me into a career. Um, so I did some of that work and, you know, it was through that work that I realized being an empath and having this huge heart and this desire to serve really started to become amplified into what then became the beginning of my career path. Um, I went into the classroom uh, after doing about three years of clinical work at Johns Hopkins because I had this desire to be the teacher that these children who had endured trauma really needed to see every day. The person that could show up for them, understand what they were living through, moving through, meet them with a whole heart and uh, not lower the bar for them, but show them what they could become. Uh, help them understand that their world existed outside of four square city blocks and that they had the opportunity to be more and become more and that there was an adult that cared about them. Um, and so I, I went into the classroom in Baltimore City Public Schools, which I don't anticipate you will know much of what that means, but in the US, everybody knows what that means. And it's, it's a challenging uh, community. It's a, a community with a lot of heart, but also a lot of generational trauma. And so um, that is a close proximity to Johns Hopkins. And so that's how I ended up teaching there. Um, and it was through my teaching experience that I continued to just recognize that every single day you have this opportunity to be um, part of someone else's success story. You have an opportunity mm -hmm. to show a child uh, that they are, they're there for purpose, right? That they have the mm -hmm. opportunity to use their gifts that they're not bad children. They might be making bad choices or they might be um, doing things as a defense mechanism of some sort. But if you can show them how to better communicate, better interact, um, be less defensive, get out of fight or flight and really just show up as a kind hearted, loving, caring, courageous individual that they could become something that they could be very proud of um, and that others would be proud of. Um, and I think that that brought me to the work that I do today. Um, I work for a health simulation company that focuses on the power of conversations to affect social, emotional, and physical health. Uh, there's a direct correlation between mental health and the way we show up every day. Um, mm -hmm. And I work in the education space and the healthcare space. So depending on which sector you're talking about, it's this opportunity to build our self-efficacy and confidence around difficult conversations so that we can show up and be better humans to other humans. I love this. That's really, um, there's a lot of language that you use that really speaks to the heart of what I'm all about here at Always Better Yesterday. And um, I just love what you said around um, not lowering the bar, but showing them uh, what they can become. And, and I, I use a phrase called love tough. Like what is kind of not letting them lower the bar and showing them their potential, what they become, what does that look like? What does that sound like for, for young people these days? You know, when I went into the classroom, of course I had these high grand hopes of, of coming into this community and being a different person than perhaps that they had met before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I got a lot of feedback from uh, individuals that had been teaching for a long time or working in the community for a long time. And they just said, you know, this child, you know, or this student, they may name the child and just say, you know, they, they're just not the best reader, right? Or they're just not really that good at math. But if you just give them half the problems, right? Like just let them do the odd numbers or let them do the even numbers. They'll show you what they understand and you can give them enough of a grade. And, and I just didn't 
it didn't sit right, right? It didn't feel right. It was like, well, what if they just get a little extra time, mm. right? What if we mm. just find out how they learn and, and allow them to learn that way, right? There's no one way to do everything or anything for that matter. And why not just focus on their strengths and, and understand where they're coming from? So when I think about being skills, you have this period in time where you're learning to read and then you're asked to read to learn right? You transition into this space and nobody continues to teach you how to read. They just mm -hmm. expect now for you to read for information. And the children that get lost in that transition will never really develop that muscle. And then they start to tell themselves, I'm really not good at this. I'm not a good reader. And reader mm -hmm. was never easy for me or it's hard for me. And then they start creating this internal monologue and dialogue that happens, right? About, about who they are and what they can and can't do in the world. And a lot of everything that we all move through is, is either love or fear, right? We're operating out of love or fear. And when you think about your internal dialogue, oftentimes it's not even your own voice. Mm -hmm. And so when I went into this experience of teaching, I said to myself, I'm not lowering the bar. I'm not giving them half the work. Mm -hmm. I want to meet them where they are, but I also want to show them how to meet the expectations of their grade level, of, of their peers, of the class. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that scaffolding took a little bit more time, but mm -hmm. it was never about taking half of it away and letting it be good enough. It was about saying to them, well, hey, listen, do you want to just stay for a half hour after school and I'll, and I'll help you? Or maybe mm -hmm. I pair you up with another peer who explains it just a little differently. And all of a sudden they, you can watch all of like the light bulbs go off and they start to get it. But they also saw that I believed they could do it. Mm. And when you give that gift to a child, you have the ability to show them that you believe in them before they believe in themselves. And that self-defeating voice gets quieter. Mm. And I think even as adults, we need that sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And, and I, I was listening to a book recently um, and there was some research that said that um, there's a significant correlation between the, the great results of, of kids and the belief that the teachers have in them. Like it's almost like the belief of the teacher comes first and then they show up as if they've got, it's like, it's like mining for gold, right? They just know that <laughs> there's gold there. So they do everything that it takes to call it out. How do we translate the belief of the teacher and you said the word earlier, self-efficacy, which self-efficacy, self-belief, I think it's the, how do we translate it from the teacher so that it gets passed on to the, the child or even the adult, whoever needs it? So I think it's about building that within an individual. And mm. then the, the, the benefit of it is the people around them, right? Mm. Some of the elevated conversations that you and I may have with the people around us will allow them to start to think about things a little bit differently. And so when I think about the transfer from an adult to a child, kids are listening to what we say as much as they listen to what we don't say. Mm. And so we have to be very intentional with our words and our actions in order for the right message to be received. So if a child were to be walking down the hall and I'm standing in the hallway speaking to one of my peer educators, they're hearing those conversations. So we have to be very mindful of what we're discussing and what we're talking about. We need to keep the conversation elevated and positive. And it doesn't mean that we have to be positive all the time, but you have to be very intentional and mindful when the kids are around, around what you say. And then translating that to the interactions with parents, right? We have the opportunity to partner with the parents to say, 
Um, I want to know what's working for you at home. And I'm going to share what's working in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then let's try to find a way to make this as consistent for your child as possible. Because mm -hmm. we're partners in this. Especially, I taught elementary school. So, you know, I'm working with six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. We need to be partners in this evolution that is their upbringing and education. I had students for seven and a half hours. The world had them the rest of the time, which includes mm -hmm. their parents. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be partners in all of it. We need to create that firm foundation. And so I think it's a lot about what you are being intentional about the words you choose and mm -hmm. the messages that you're sending. And then just constantly reinforcing that. And that, that, that goes to modeling making mistakes. Mm. Right. That goes all the way to the idea that sometimes it's okay to not be okay and to mm. model how we process our feelings mm. and model what we do when we get frustrated or when we feel sad. Um, we have to show children that it's okay to feel all of their feelings and there's a safe way to do that. Mm. I love that. You, uh, you say on your website about having influence is not about elevating the self, but about lifting others like how have you taken that heart of lifting others from from the school into other areas of your ventures that this life has taken you on so, so i believe that we should lead from any seat right <laughs> who you are is how you lead so the <laughs> way i choose to show up every day uh, my self-leadership my commitment to educating myself <laughs> to surrounding myself with good people um, is something that I do very intentionally, um, actively, uh, self-development, um, constantly learning from others. Um, so I think I model uh, the power of leadership and the power of intentional living uh, mindset work. Um, and I try to do that with everyone I encounter, irrespective of whether they work with me, for me, or in, mm -hmm. you know, in a surrounding space, or if they're in a motivated Facebook group, which is where we connected. Um, it's an opportunity with every interaction, every, converse, every conversation, every relationship is to, um, to display that level of um, compassion, uh, mm. leading with empathy, uh, get curious, learn about people, learn about other experiences, acknowledge that your life experience may be different than someone else, but you can meet them with empathy and hold space for them while they share their experience. Um, and, and through doing all of that, um, I hope that I am, you know, creating a ripple effect and bringing about um, a feeling of safety and security to show up as your full mm. self um, mm. in the spaces that we co-occupy and in the communities that I serve. I love that. You said the word intention. You said the word mindset. It's almost uh, starting off your impact model. Talk to me about impact. Yeah, so I believe in so many uh, core uh, functions of impact, but one of the things that I feel very strongly about is our presence um, and the way we choose to show up. And I do believe that's a choice. Um, I believe that you have an opportunity to reframe things. Uh, if mm -hmm. you hear a negative thought come in, you have the opportunity to flip it. Um, and the way in which you show up and the values that you hold, you need to honor those and you need to live them and walk them. Um, it should never be a question um, for another person that engages with you that you mm. that you are showing up in your values and if in any moment you feel your values are compromised or you're not honoring yourself right mm -hmm. if you're you're choosing uh, to do something that I refer to the path of least resistance sometimes right when we're tired mm -hmm. we may take the path of least resistance in a conflict or a difficult conversation you still have the opportunity to redo that. You have the opportunity mm -hmm. to go back to that person and say, hey, listen, I don't think I handled that very well. 
this is what's coming up for me. This is how I was feeling. I'd love to understand from you how you experienced our conversation because I would rather, I would rather us find a way uh, to do that differently next time. And I think there is a way, right? So even just holding your in line of integrity by being able to admit when you don't do it right, right? When you are able to just say, you know what? I didn't show up as my best self in that conversation and I'd really like the opportunity and ask you for the opportunity to do that differently. Mm, what do you think stops us doing that? Pride, hmm. shame, a little bit of ego, a whole lot of ego for some people. <laughs> <laughs> what helps? Um, I think the willingness to want to be better, the willingness mm. to admit that I'm always learning, always mm. growing, the commitment to that. Um, and I think just the reminders. Um, I surround myself with a ton of reminders. If I were to give you a quick like 360 scan of my office, you would see there's visual cues all around me. Um, and those are gentle reminders. If I'm on a conference call and I glance over and I see something that says, you know, who we are is how we lead. I have something on my screensaver over here that says, I'm not here to get it to be right, I'm here to get it right. Um, I have a wall of books that I can see from my seat, you know, seat of the soul, driven, mindset. The words are everywhere around me. Uh, be kind, be compassionate, you know. I, all of it reminds me of the type of person I want to show up as every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those gentle reminders, uh, can be everywhere around you and they can be in the people that you are inspired to connect with. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think placing those things in such a place that you can see them regularly are beautiful, gentle reminders. And then I, I would say uh, for those of my, my peers, my friends that have small children, the kindness that you see a child exhibit can remind you of how simple things can be if you allow them to be. And I think they can also, you know, be a, a good gentle reminder because you want them to learn their manners and you want them to learn to, to be gracious and say thank you and be patient. Um, there was a beautiful book I read many years ago called Everything I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. <laughs> and it's true. There's so many things that adults need to be reminded of. I learned a long time ago that would just allow us to, to lead with our hearts. Mm, what are some of those things? Patience, kindness, sharing, mm. compassion, letting somebody cut you in line. <laughs> you know, you know I, I have a story, uh, a short story, but recently, like with the beginning of the pandemic, um, you know, I had first ventured out to the grocery store and there was a woman standing in line and we're standing six feet apart and she, we all have our masks on and you could just see the anxiety coming off of her. She's, she's fidgeting, she's pacing, she's just rocking back and forth in mm -hmm. her space. And she's just holding this pack of muffins. And she just, you could tell she just needed to get out of there, right? She just, she wasn't comfortable. She, and it was a Saturday morning. And I just said, would you just, would you like to go in front of me? And she's like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't. Um, I just, uh, my husband's in the car waiting for me. And I just, I don't know. And she went on and on and I said, it's okay if you want to go in front of me. Um, and I went home that day not only because I had the time to allow her to have the grace and space to do that. She, I know that she needed it. I observed it in her behavior, but I also went home that day and I ordered a mask that says, be kind. So right on the actual mask, it says, be kind. And I said to myself, if people can't see 
my facial expression and how genuine I am, if my eyes don't light up enough to tell them that I mean what I say, mm -hmm. maybe this message is just an extra message that they can receive while I'm in the stores walking around, you know, in an environment where people are a little bit uncomfortable right now and a little bit uncertain and there's mm -hmm. a little bit more fear. And so maybe that's just a little gentle message that allows people to know I genuinely mean it when I say that it's okay to walk in front of me. It's okay for me to wait five more minutes. It's okay that you're taking a little bit to stock the shelf or whatever it is. Um, I think we just need to give each other those reminders too. You talked about leading ourselves. Um, what are some of the things that really help you? Um, I check in with myself pretty frequently throughout the day. Um, I ask myself a few questions at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. I revisit those throughout the day. Um, and some days I just need to um, actually quiet my mind. I do meditate at least once a day, but sometimes I need to do it more frequently. Um, I like to re I use the term reframe a lot because I catch mm -hmm. myself um, with certain internal dialogues or processes that I don't find productive or helpful. Mm. So in the beginning of the day, I may say, what are the top three things that I need to get done today? Like kind of my non-negotiables. There's always more, but what mm. are the things that need to get accomplished today? Um, I check in on my team every morning to say good morning, to ask if they need anything, to just kind of get a pulse on how they're feeling. Um, and then I often ask myself in certain moments, what am I meant to learn in this moment? Um, what is this meant to teach me? Uh, whether that's mm -hmm. a, an encounter with an individual that might be a little more challenging mm -hmm. or, you know, getting a project last minute that I wasn't anticipating or being crunched for time with completing something that I know I probably could have started earlier, but today mm -hmm. is the day and I still have to finish it. So spending time in the negative energy doesn't serve me. So if I feel that coming on, I also just kind of check back in and decide what, what's the next highest level feeling I can select and how can I get there um, as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What connects you and I looking at your website far beyond the heart and the mind that you shared today is that you talk about this sense of for purpose. I think it's really common terms of, of for profit, non-profit. Um, but I really like the phrase for purpose. What is some of the things that you're showing up and, and you're doing for purpose at the moment? Yeah, so I do a lot of philanthropic work and I work with a few different charities. Um, I, I do believe that um, a lot of the work that's being done in the world is meant to serve a particular cause or a community. Um, I often allow myself to be guided towards those moments and those mm -hmm. experiences. Um, I do love the ones that are kind of tied to an experience of some sort. So the shirt that I have on is uh, from the Ullman Cancer Fund. Um, they help support young adults that have been touched by cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and so whether or not they moved through a personal experience um, or they had a family member or a loss of a loved one, um, the idea being is that no one fights alone. Um, and they did an event uh, where we actually uh, got a group together and we ran from Baltimore, Maryland to Key West, Florida for the course of seven days, uh, which is about 1,500 miles. Uh, so don't worry, we didn't run every single mile, but we had a team of 33 people. I ran about 80 miles in seven days. Um, but 
the event itself brought together a group of people that prayed together every morning, that set their intentions together every morning, that held space for each other in moments that were difficult when they shared their stories. And it was the first time that I had a true awareness that I could hold space for someone while they shared their story and I couldn't take the pain away. Mm. I could just be present and be fully there in the moment with them. Um, and that was a really um, challenging experience for me because I'm a fixer. I like to hmm. take the pain away for people. I like to ease their pain, make things easier for them in some capacity. I like to help them in hmm. such a way that in that moment, I had to learn that the only thing that I could do was to be. Hmm. And that was a really beautiful gift for me. Um, I had gone to the experience to do the fundraising and to do the charitable part, but the, the beautiful gift of the friendships that came from that and the experience of just learning how to hold space and be um, in a place where somebody was sharing some difficult things, um, hmm. but also just acknowledging that everyone has their own journey to live and the people that they encounter throughout that journey um, are meant to be there to to live through that moment with them. And we all created memories together, uh, which was beautiful. And so I, I really appreciate and love that charity. I've done some other work with them, um, feel very connected to that work. Um, and then I also do some work in terms of um, like fundraising for like local community organizations and uh, women's led organizations. I do really feel passionate about elevating the female uh, women's mm -hmm. voice and um, helping them to feel empowered to understand that they deserve it, the seat at the table um, and really focusing on what inclusion looks like, not only to mm. be invited, but to feel welcome and valued and seen and heard once you're sitting there. Why? Um, I think um, it was something that I worked really hard to do for myself um, mm. early in my career. And I had some very beautiful, very helpful, thoughtful mentors, both male mm. and female, who really um, became sponsors for me. Um, so when I think about sponsorship versus mentorship, yep. um, the sponsor for me is someone who will advocate for you when you're not in the room. Mm. Right. And so they're the person who volunteers or recommends you for an opportunity when you're not there to raise your hand. Right. Mm. And so I love the idea of having people in my life that have done that. And I've built my personal advisory board, uh, you know, later in my career with someone who can guide me financially, spiritually, um, through leadership challenges, um, different areas of my life that I want to improve. Mm. Um, I tap into those individuals and I ask for their support and guidance and, you know, share some ideas with them. Uh, but I think giving back and allowing that same love and support um, to be given to someone earlier in their career is very meaningful to me. And so as a way of giving back for those that gave to me and, and continues to support me, I do mm. make time to do that as well. I love that. What, um, what do our listeners really need to hear from you today? Oh, that's such a big question. Um, I think everyone has an opportunity to look at the world around them, look at the places that they are, the people that they are engaged with, um, and just make the next right decision to be a better person, to be a better human, to be a little bit more kind, a little bit more compassionate, help support another individual, to learn their stories, to truly hear them, and understand that there's going to be a part of you 
that can't truly ever be in their shoes. Mm. But if you can actively listen, reflectively listen, and really take the time to ask questions and be thoughtful in those questions, it'll give you a greater perspective. And I hope that it would allow you to meet the next person with just a little bit more compassion and a little bit more kindness. Uh, because we're all moving through something, right? Mm. Um, and some people are better at hiding it than others. Uh, but there isn't one person that I've met that um, doesn't need to be met with kindness and compassion. Uh, sometimes it's a little harder to see um, the good in some people, but there is good in everyone. Um, and I invite everyone to try to, to think about that when they are engaging with others. Um, because right now we need to come together and we need to see that we are far more the same than we are different. Um, and I would just love to find more people doing more good in the world so we can spotlight that and elevate that conversation. I love that. I normally ask people, what does it mean to be always better than yesterday? But I think you've pretty much just covered that in your last answer. Is there anything else you would add to that? Um, I would just say that um, we, we have the opportunity to wake up today, tomorrow, and the next day and just constantly uh, be evolving and growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't judge yourself um, with the information you have today on the things that you've done in the past. Just be grateful mm -hmm. for the information you're learning and use that information to show up differently tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us get stuck in this should have place right mm. um just as it's just as dangerous as the when then right this idea <laughs> that when i get to this place i'll be happy or mm. when i get this accomplishment or i get this pay raise or i get this promotion i will infinitely become a better person or a happier person or a more stable person whatever you're looking for and all mm. the while you're exactly where you're meant to be um and you're growing through that moment and so i would say reserving judgment uh, of yourself and the mm. lessons you had to learn along the way, but also find a way to be happy and be present now. Um, and it's okay to desire more, to seek uh, greater things, but I think we don't want to lose sight of the gratitude we have for today. Mm. Amen. How do people connect with you? How do they join you on your journey? How can they connect? Yeah, so most of my social media is actually pretty easy to find. Um, my website is Dawn Inspires. Um, my Instagram is Dawn Inspires 44. Um, and that was my soccer number. And I think someone took Dawn Inspires. So I had to add a number on it. Um, mm -hmm. And then my LinkedIn is just my full name, Dawn Marie Bornheimer. And I think my Facebook is as well. Um, I am my whole self everywhere that I show up. Uh, but I would say Instagram is a little bit more fun and a little bit more photo oriented. LinkedIn is a little bit more leadership focused and mentorship mm -hmm. um, and mental health. Um, but it is me in all in all places. I'm curious my about books, your soccer uh, number. Oh, carry on. Talk about your book and then I want to know. I was about just going to say my, my books are available on Amazon and they're also available on my website. I did put together an anthology last year called The mm -hmm. Strength of Our Anchors. And it's a compilation of nine women sharing their stories of overcoming. Mm. Um, and those are just powerful uh, stories of very beautiful women who have uh, been willing to be vulnerable in order to yeah. be uh, a story that can help save um, another person um, in their journey and let them know that they're not alone. Mm. And so that project was very near and dear to my heart. And we released that book last year. 
Um, and so I would just love to have a few more people benefit from uh, those beautiful stories. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, I was curious about the soccer. You were a soccer player? I was. Yes, yes. Not anymore, but I was. <laughs> many. It feels like many moons ago, but yes, I played soccer earlier uh, in uh, middle school, high school, and then a little bit in college. And then I played some club for a little bit. That's amazing. Number 44. I don't really remember there being a great story. I just remember like <laughs> choosing it and hanging on to it um so it's always been kind of when i have to throw a number on the end of something i always seem to still use it i like it i like it thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and spend it with us that we are always better than yesterday community and i just love for you to leave us uh with a final thought from your good self i guess my final thought would be um you know i hope that you find a way to leave the world a better place than how you found it. I think that you can leave your little sprinkles and sparkle dust and kindness everywhere that you go. And I hope that the people that have had the beautiful opportunity to know me uh, will have those same thoughtful and kind-hearted uh, memories of me um, at the time in which I'm no longer here to speak for myself. So mm. I think we just have that beautiful opportunity. So I would invite everyone to, to think about how you could be a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit kinder and we're compassionate each and every day. I love that. I love your heart, love your mind, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for having me. Let's talk again soon. 100%. There we go, episode 100 with Dawn Marie Bornheimer. If you've made it to the end and you've listened to all of what Dawn's has shared, you will know that uh, she and I are very like-hearted, like-minded. Um, I love this sense of not letting the next generation lower the bar, but actually calling them to a higher standard, bringing out the best and the potential in them. How awesome is that? How how much would our next generation benefit if they have more people in their corner loving them tough and, and calling them into their best? And um, yeah, I really love this sense of don't judge yourself with the information you have today for the things that you did in the past. I don't know how many people needed to hear that today. But there we go, episode 100. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Please do share it with someone that you believe uh, would benefit from hearing what Dawn has had to say. And I look forward to connecting with you again very, very soon. If you have made it this far and uh, you enjoy the interviews check out the father and son specials where i'm joined by my eight-year-old son Corey, or even the darling hartley podcast a a series of conversations with me and my good friend jonathan darling heart-centered leader um hopefully they'll all help you in your heart and your mind in some way speak to you again soon guys much love mm-hmm.